Good day to you. This is Friday, January 28th, 2022. I am Pastor Neil Wemus, and this is your daily scripture meditation. Uh, today we will be in Luke chapter 4, beginning at verse 14. So let me bring that up onto the screen for you. So we're going to jump right in. It says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue, and on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant, and sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. And he said, Truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. But in truth, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, and a great famine came over all the land. And Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath, in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there, was, there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath, and they rose up and drove him out of the town, and brought him to the brow of the town, the hill on which their town was built, so that they could throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. So there's actually quite a bit to this text. Granted, I... If you were to go listen to the sermons, I just preached on this text this previous weekend. So I apologize, there's going to be a little bit of repeat in that regard. First off is he's in Nazareth, his hometown. Nazareth is a very small town. Uh, a town of probably, was probably maybe 50 people was the population. It was really, really small. And it's one of those towns where everybody knows everybody. And so uh, Jesus is at the synagogue, he's in worship on the Sabbath, setting a good example for us. We should be in worship on every one every week, just like Jesus was. And so he's handed the scroll. This was the assigned reading for that day. We have assigned readings for that day, that we continue that precedent today. And so he tell and so he's he stands to read and he sits down to, to teach and preach, which was the custom at the time, to which he says, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. But you see, because they have, they're so familiar with Jesus, they've seen him grow up before their eyes, 
their thought is, is not this Joseph's son? This is one of the difficulties of being a, a leader in your hometown where you grew up. Um, this is why they don't send pastors to their hometown because people know them when they're kids. It's hard to take. Uh, people have difficulties taking him seriously, seeing them as the person they are. And so here they have that difficulty of seeing Jesus for who he is. Physician, heal yourself. This is kind of similar to what happened um, previously when Jesus was tempted by the devil. The devil said, if you are the son of God, do this. So here they're saying, he's, he says, you're going to challenge me. He's basically telling him, you're going to do what the devil just did. He's comparing them with Satan. And this is, and then he tells him about all these things, about these um, miracles that were done. And this is kind of the reminder that, yeah, God did miracles, but there's a lot of times he didn't. And here he's speaking this as an act of condemnation. He won't do a wonder there in Nazareth. And this is an act of condemnation for their unbelief. All right. So verse 31. And he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching for his word possessed authority. And in the synagogue, there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, and he came out of him, having done no harm, and they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? With authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out, and reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. And he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now when the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. See, this is a theme in all the Gospels, is that Jesus did not want them to be the one that confessed. They don't want, he doesn't want the demons to confess that he's the Christ. He wants people to, all right? Because these are not his kingdom. These are not his servants. These are those who stand opposed to him. He doesn't want them to be bringing the confession. He wants man to bring it. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people saw him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Again, this is something very similar. I just read this from Mark um, earlier today. Um, very similar situation is that Jesus is reminding he did not come to perform miracles. Did he perform miracles? Yes, indeed he did. 
But that's not the purpose for which he came. He came to preach the gospel, to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they, had they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. So there's the text for today. And in Luke's account of this, there's details that are not in the others. Specifically, Peter's confession. He fell down on his knees. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. This is not included in Mark or Matthew's account. But this gesture of Peter's, it's, it's a reminder of our, all of our gestures. We do not deserve to come into the presence of God. And yet, by his grace and mercy, he brings us to him. He leads us to him. And and he, he even more, he gives us a task of being of the privilege of proclaiming the wondrous news of salvation for man unto the world. He gives it to you. He gives it to me. This is a wonderful reflection of Isaiah 6. And in fact, this will be the gospel lesson, not this Sunday, but the Sunday after. This, this is the gospel lesson. Isaiah 6 is the Old Testament reading. And Isaiah 6, he talks about, well, Isaiah seeing the Lord and exalted on the throne of on the in his throne he says woe am i for i am a man of unclean lips very similar reaction it's a, a reaction of humility recognizing who we are before a holy and righteous god and how gracious he is to let us be in his presence so let us pray lord god heavenly father though we are unworthy to be in your presence you welcome sinners such as us, and you bring and you give us forgiveness. You clothe us with your righteousness. You purge us of all iniquity. For this we give you thanks. And we pray that you would strengthen us and encourage us to be catchers of men with this by casting out this word to those amongst us. In Jesus' name. Amen. So at this time, we switch over to the reading from the large catechism. And we're going to see how far we get with this.
So we are in the preface of Luther's large catechism. It's called the large catechism because obviously there's a small catechism. The whole idea of these two catechisms was the small catechism was designed for the children, large catechism for the parents. So let's read this. We're going to read, start with the preface. It says, A Christian profitable and necessary preface and faithful serious encouragement from Dr. Martin Luther to all Christians, but especially to all pastors and preachers. They should daily exercise themselves in the catechism, which is a short summary and epitome of the entire Holy Scriptures. They should always teach the catechism. We have no small reasons for constantly preaching the catechism and for des both desiring and begging others to teach it. For sadly, we see that many pastors and preachers are very negligent in this matter and slight both their office and this teaching. Some neglect the catechism because of great and high art, giving their mind as they imagine to much higher matters. But others neglect it from sheer laziness and care for their bellies. They take no other stand in this business than to act as pastors and preachers for their belly's sake. They have nothing to do but to spend and consume their wages as long as they live, just as they used to do under the papacy. They now have everything they are to preach and to teach before them abundantly, clearly, and easily in so many helpful books. These truly are sermons that preach themselves, sleep soundly, be prepared in thesaurus, as they used to be called. Yet these preachers are not even godly and honest enough to buy these books or even when they have them to look at them or read them. Read them. Oh, they are completely shameful gluttons and servants of their own bellies. They are more fit to be swineherds and dog tenders than caretakers of souls and pastors. Whew. <laughs> Tough words again. Just like the small catechism. Very tough words. These pastors are now released from the useless and burdensome babbling of seven canonical hours of prayer. I wish that instead of these they would read each morning, noon, and evening only a page or two in the catechism, the prayer book, the New Testament, or something else in the Bible. They should pray the Lord's Prayer for themselves and their parishioners. Then they might respond with honor and thanks to the gospel by which they have been delivered from obvious burdens and troubles and might feel a little shame. For like pigs and dogs, they take nothing more from the gospel than this lazy, deadly, shameful, worldly freedom. The common people also respect the gospel altogether too lightly and we accomplish nothing special, even though we work diligently. What then would be achieved if we were as negligent and lazy as we were under the papacy? To this laziness, such preachers add in the shameful vice and secret infection of security and contentment. In other words, many see the catechism as a poor common teaching, which they could read through once and immediately understand. They could throw the book into a corner and be ashamed to read it again. Yes, even among the nobility one may find some clowns and penny pinchers who say there is no longer any need for either pastors or preachers. We have everything in books and everything can easily learn it by himself. So they are happy to let the parishes rot and become empty. 
They let pastors and preachers worry and go hungry, just as crazy Germans are accused to do. For we Germans have such disgraceful people and must put up with them. But for myself, I say this. I am also a doctor and preacher. Yes, as learned and as experienced as all the people who have such assumptions and contentment. Yet I act as a child who is being taught the catechism every morning. And whenever I have time, I read and say word for word the Ten Commandments, the Creed, the Lord's Prayer, the Psalms, and such. I must still read and study them daily. Yet I cannot master the catechism as I wish, but I must remain a child and pupil of the catechism, and am glad to remain so. Yet these delicate, refined fellows would in one reading promptly become doctors above all doctors, know everything and need nothing. Well, this too is a sure sign that they despise both their office and the souls of the people. Indeed, they even despise God and his word. They do not have to fall. They have already fallen all too horribly. They need to become children and begin to learn their alphabet, which they imagine they have long outgrown. Therefore, for God's sake, I beg such lazy bellies or arrogant saints to be persuaded and believe that they are truly, truly not slow learned or such great doctors as they imagine. They should never assume that they have finished learning the parts of the catechism or know it well enough at all points, even though they think they know it ever so well. For even if they know and understand the catechism perfectly, which however is impossible in this life, there are still many benefits and fruits to be gained if it is daily read and practiced in thought and speech. For example, the Holy Spirit is at present in such reading repetition and meditation he bestows ever new and more light and devoutness in this way the catechism is daily loved and appreciated better as christ promises in matthew 18 verse 20 for where two or three are gathered in my name there am i among them besides catechism study is a most effective help against the devil the world the flesh, and all evil thoughts. It helps to be occupied with God's word, to speak it and meditate on it, just as the first psalm declares people blessed who meditate on God's law day and night. Certainly, you will not release a stronger incense or other repellent against the devil than to be engaged by God's commandments and words and speak, sing, or think them. For this is indeed the true holy water and holy sign from which the devil runs and by which he may be driven away. There you go. Very harsh, very stern words reminding the importance of learning your catechism. You're done with confirmation. You're not done with the catechism. Keep meditating on it. Pastors especially, but even laities. Meditate on it pray on it so let's pray the lord's prayer our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread 
And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Blessings on your Friday.